eat, drink, smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. Tony Katz, April D. Gregory, Fingers Malloy, and April D. Gregory doesn't grill because she thinks that's a man's job. It is unbelievable. Is that sexist of me? It it was just such an unbelievable thing to say in passing. Why? Like it was just like so nonchalant from you. It was it was kind of stunning. You were talking about grilling and uh, fingers has not had carbs in a week. If you believe that, you're you're a special kind of person. And how uh, April's like, yeah, it turns out that the grill I have has gas. I just haven't used it because you know I guess I could have used it, but grilling's a man's job. Why is grilling a man's job? What would Kamala Harris say? What would Elizabeth Warren say? Well, I'd say one thing to your face and then uh, do wow. another. Wow. Wow. That's just so catty. And nobody thinks Kamala Harris is grilling. You don't think she's ever grilled a steak? Has Elizabeth Warren ever grilled a steak? She drinks beer like a champ. No, don't they cook it over the fire? Over the fire. In Indian cultures? Native American cultures? What? Oh, Native American <laughs> cultures. See, that's a nod. That's a, we should start with a drink. <laughs> we should have a drink. We are on to the drink, of course. Uh, today, we're, we've got a twofer here because we have the Journeyman Distillery Last Feather Organic Rye. This actually comes out of Michigan and uh, is uh, a 40% organic wheat and 60% organic uh, rye. So the rye comes out of Minnesota. The wheat comes out of Michigan. Oh, wait a minute. Wait before. What? W- what? Or- organic what? Organic who? Wheat. Wheat. Who, who picked this? Uh, April D. April Gregory. Oh, April D. Gregory picked the organic rye, oh but it's it's a God. nod to you coming from Michigan. That's what we did. I'm, I'm I'm just trying to satisfy both of you. Now Journeyman does bourbons and and other things. Uh, this is done in 15 gallon new white oak charred uh, barrels, and a rye is 51 percent rye. Um, the t- cask type is American oak. This used to be called Ravenswood rye. Then they got a cease and desist letter so when you buy this when you get the journeyman distillery last feather rye you'll see an rr printed on the label that is uh uh, a uh an homage to ravenswood ravenswood rye it's their little way of saying we got you back this is uh, a spicy nose um you're going to get into some like grass cut grass kind of things a fair amount of vanilla that's going to hit on uh the the palate you'll also get a little bit of honey uh, going going down. The, just, the whole conversation of citrus in, in a bourbon or citrus in a rye, honestly, I have come to the conclusion that I don't care what a review says out there, what an expert says out there, your palate will be different. You know, it's like objects in the mirror being closer than they appear. I can't tell you. That was a song. I, was, is, mm-hmm. was it really? Mm-hmm. I don't think objects it was a song. In the was rear it, view what? mirror appear closer than they are. Objects in the yeah, rear view mirror appear closer than they are. Go ahead. What? Sure. Okay. Who who sang that song? Who sang that song? Chumba Wumba. Nice. <laughs> I was going for Dusty Springfield. <laughs> Wait, is Dusty Springfield? A, uh, yeah. Yeah. I got that right. I, I, had to, I had to question my own cultural reference. That's the worst. So uh, Dusty we, Rose was a wrestler. Th- I, that much I knew. Right. So th- we do this neat. I do mine on an ice chip. And we also have, because they sell it pre-made. Or they, they package it pre-made. Journeyman does a pre-made Manhattan. And we have not yet started into the realm of the mixed drinks. So we've got uh, two ounces, or, or I don't know, traditional Manhattan is two ounces of rye, uh, 
three three quarters of an ounce of uh, uh, sweet vermouth, and then a dash of uh, a dash of bitters, and then it's garnished with uh, the maraschino cherry. That's the way I know it. I don't know if other people do it differently. You don't think of an old fashioned. I'm talking about a Manhattan. It's a very. I don't think I've ever. Ha- oh, yeah, drink. I I don't ever remember having rye in a Manhattan. No, but. the the in the Manhattan is not the rye. It's the Silver Cross, which is a different one of their. Okay, bourbons. which is just one of their regular whiskeys. Yes. Okay, so it's not rye. It is not rye. So that's they didn't make it with rye. Correct. Okay, so the so the Manhattan is just whiskey, the vermouth, and the. There bears. you go. Yes. Um, and then we've got the rye here, which is the Featherman, which we have. So we're going to start with the rye. I've described to you what the rye is going to do. <clears throat> All right, they gotta stop putting a nice chip in. She put it in for you. Yeah. Already. Oh, oops. Yeah. It's just it. It. I don't know what it is about. You know, it's funny. I said I you can't tell you what citrus first. is. I, I did. I can't tell you what the citrus is, or I can't tell you how to describe the citrus. It's right there. Yeah. Oh, this it's one is right, right there. Well, on the nose, you can definitely pick up the vanilla and honey. Yeah, I get the honey. That is a very tame rind. It's the best way. It's, it's not bad. It's a, just very tame. It's, it's, it's very easy, very simple, um, to an extent monochromatic. I don't have three or four notes on here. I'm, you, you're, you're definitely right about the honey on the nose. You getting any leather out of that? April had a whole conversation about getting leather uh, last week. You missed it. It was really good. And then there I was finally got le- leather last week. The one we did last week was very earthy, and the leather aftertaste um, was intense for me. I cannot tell you that I've got leather on this at all. Not, not. I got a little bit of burn. Slightest. You guys have burn? Yeah, no. a touch in the throat. I'm going to do the ice cube now. I've I, had two regular. Sips. I can tell you right now, I don't want it on ice, and that's rare for me. I, I like this the way it is. Neat. That's a song too. But it's but it's very simple. I mean, thank you. We have had things that have a lot more kind of opening up to it. It's a very easy, very simple. And by the way, only ninety proof. Only a 90 that's proof good. on on this. You're enjoying? Yes, that's very good. I don't know. Oh, what is it about it? It's 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 not um, it's tame. It's tame. That's that's the way I describe it. Yeah, it's not as as it's maybe big. Not, not as a full of, uh, as a rye. Maybe I'm going to try the Manhattan. Yeah, let's do the Manhattan. I'm never I'm a mixed so drink. Are you a mixed drink person? Uh, no, not really. Yeah, either am I. Never, and this ever. is a lot more of a Manhattan than I thought we might be getting. This is actually quite a bit of Manhattan here. Yeah, it does not. It's a full Manhattan, to be Ooh. clear. I thought we were just going to a little sample. The cherry's great. <laughs> here, you can have <laughs> You can have mine. Enjoy yes. that. Well, let me get a drink first. Live your life. Uh, so, I, I wish you I, could. I am not a Manhattan guy. Like, I, I'm not even a mixed drink guy. Oh, this is okay. good. Look at you. Look at the super excitement. This is only my second Manhattan ever. My first was a few, six months ago. You could get into a lot of trouble with this. Yeah. It's, I it's did not like simple. my first one. I like this one. It's super simple, super easy. Um, Holy has moly, has the right great. amount of, of, of sweetness. Um, and, and yeah, you, can, you could do three of these without yeah. knowing and what it is you're doing to yourself. It is on in a keg on dra- you know, on, on tap, literally, I know, here, it, here at Blend. So. Yeah. This is dangerous because it is free flowing. Basically. So they've got this. It, it's basically like a small barrel, and then they tap the barrel, and that's where they're they're pouring it out from. So it's, it's a cool presentation for mm-hmm. sure. Which is so much of, of of all of these things, labeling and presentation. Oh man, is, I'm sticking is, with the Manhattan. Is everything? I mean, I, I feel like Dean Martin should be right behind us. Right. This is gonna go great with cigar. I hope the cigar fits well. Can we light the cigar now? Has anybody seen Sammy? 
Where, where's my man Sam? I gotta ask him a question. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, you can have a tremendous amount of fun with this. Yeah. Holy I, get, I get why people drink them. This is fantastic. I get why people drink them. Um, if you weren't drinking during the debates, well, then you are, are brave and special. Because the Democrats had their first two rounds or of debates. Or if you were drinking and not watching the debates, <laughs> you, you had a much better time. special. You had a much better time if you weren't watching the debates. Ten people on each stage. Twenty people all together. It was like that first night, everyone was like, oh, this is so boring. Me, you know, I'm a, I'm a junkie. I need to do this stuff for work. Right. And I'm paying attention. Some interesting things got said. The second night was all about who can I set on fire and how quickly who can I yell at the most? How, how, how much can I uh, like bring tears to my eyes? I mean, there was just there was a little bit yelling of that, yeah. and and being emotional. Uh, go ahead. Hola, Senor Tony. <laughs> Como esta? Uh, the pandering o. That's not <laughs> at the debate. Oh, no. <laughs> El debate. Oddly El- enough, your Spanish is still better than Julian Castro's. That's sickening. But it's not as good as Cory Booker's. <laughs> um, so so let's we'll do first debate night because and I've oh, and I've Lord. written about this. You had Beto O'Rourke, Cory Booker, Julian Castro and one of the moderators, Jose Diaz Balart of MSNBC, speaking Spanish, answering questions, asking questions in Spanish for the record. There's nothing wrong with speaking another no. language. Oh, There's nothing not. wrong with bringing it with you from from whence you came or your family comes. Nothing wrong with using it on the streets. Nothing wrong with using it in a restaurant. Nothing wrong with using it anywhere. If you're running for president of the United States, and I say this to the Republicans too, Ted Cruz, don't try to impress and don't pander. Don't be answering questions in Spanish so you can show that you care and that you're woke and that you're, it's pandering. The electorate needs to be addressed in a common language, and in the United States, that's English. C. And <laughs> when you're a a black man from New Jersey, that's especially pandering. And when you're a white one percenter named Robert Francis O'Rourke, that's also pandering. It was bad. It's bad form, and and none of them none of them got points for it. Even uh, a question was asked uh, and uh, a little conversation between uh, Jose Diaz-Balart and Pete Buttigieg on the second night. Buttigieg is the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Um, it's, it's pandering, and it was felt that way. It didn't gain any of them I didn't watch point. all the second night. Did uh, Buttigieg break out in the U.S. 18 nope. languages? Nope. And, and this is why it's pandering. It isn't a sign of intellect. It isn't a sign of woke. It's a sign of saying one group of people in America are somehow more important than another group of people in America. And I know this because nobody asked Pete Buttigieg a question in Norwegian. The man <laughs> speaks Norwegian. I mean, that's, that's not the normal. Yeah, but no one man. asked him that question. No one asked him a question in that language. No one asked a question in Tagalog. No one asked a question in French because they didn't care. Do those people not matter? Uh, Filipino people. In the United States, uh, you don't think that maybe they'd like to hear an answer in Tagalog? Maybe they would. Maybe they'd say, oh, look at that. We are English. What? It's what? Tagalog? Yeah. It's a language. You might want to look it up. You've got, you've got a, a, the internet right there on your thumb. I don't you even know how to spell that. Where T-A-G-A-L-O-G. Is it from? Tagalog. No, I, I'm sorry. I'm, or is it T-A-G-O-L-O-G? I, I, oh, oh, okay. I know, I know what you're talking about now. Tagalog. <laughs> it's not Tagalog. <laughs> I sometimes that's pronounce how it wrong. It's, that's how it's read. I sometimes pronounce when it When you're looking too. at it, that's how you read it. I right. know that's not how it's pronounced. I would love to see polling uh, from the Latino community 
to see what the reaction is when a politician uh, speaks Spanish at a debate or at uh, you know on uh, a campaign trail speech, uh, especially if they're butchering Spanish. And it seems to me uh, from the reaction I saw on Twitter, there was some butchering going on. When you hear Spanish spoken in presidential debates, do you a eye roll? B, I roll hard, or C, yell out ID me. <laughs> I mean, which, which one is it? But didn't even George W. Bush do that too? So, so there's a difference between, and this is how I see it, utilizing it in a speech, utilizing it when you're conversing with somebody in some retail politicking one-on-one, and when you're engaged in a presidential debate. Ted Cruz using it in a presidential debate was wrong. Ted Cruz engaged in a speech somewhere and he wants to break out some Spanish, feel free. There's a difference. The moment does matter. What they said to me in those two debates regarding the Spanish was, you are an afterthought. These people are the ones I'm talking to. Now, in a debate for president, you better be speaking to America. You know, if, if, it's like if you're only speaking to the coast and not speaking to the, to the Midwest. We matter. And I'm not going to listen to anybody who somehow thinks that we're this great unwashed that somehow it's unacceptable. It's like when Bill Maher talks about the fact that there's no symphonies in the Midwest. Gets my no ass. symphonies? It's such, a, it's such a pathetic, embarrassing thing to say. No symphonies the and symphony no art. The symphony in Central India is like the greatest thing. And, and he, one of his lines was, They're not, they don't hate us. They want to be us. Nobody wants to be you. 50,000 homeless people in Los Angeles? Nobody wants to be you. I, You're well, the guys who look the other way when Harvey Weinstein was raping people. We're, we're, and then you're the people who give a rapist like Mike Tyson a career again. No thanks. I just saw and still f- play Michael Jackson. I, yeah, I still saw, I, I saw a photo on Twitter this morning of a woman walking through San Francisco and she stepped in human excrement. No, I don't want to be a, a left coaster. No, no, thank you. Not interested. Well, I don't why have does, to worry uh, about Senator that. Senator Kamala Harris let there be excrement on the f- streets of San Francisco because she was only the attorney general and uh, only laughing while she was throwing parents in jail for their kids' truancy. Right. The, right she has no the, time for to be in her the, record on the, on the of throwing squad. black men in jail is uh, questionable. Um, to which now we'll, we we uh, want to go talk. right to it. That's you want to go right to it, which right. was I mean the big story of the second debate was Kamala Harris, Joe Biden. And I'm questioning the conventional wisdom that somehow Joe Biden uh, has a glass jaw. I've said publicly, I've said on air, Joe Biden is not getting the nomination. And, and this is not about whether you're on the political right or the political left. This is about taking a look at the, at the situation and addressing it uh, honestly and clearly. Joe Biden is not getting the nomination. Joe Biden is way too scattered. Joe Biden is not trusted. And he does not connect with too much of a swath of America that, that really is in control. But you had, here's, here's how it breaks down. Pete Buttigieg is the mayor of South Bend, and in South Bend there have been a series of shootings, and one of them was a police officer shooting. A black man died, the, the officer was white. So immediately went to the racial everything. The legitimacy of the complaint that the people of South Bend have is that the police have body cameras, but this cop's body camera wasn't on. They are right to be pissed, they are right to be angry. There is no reason why the body camera wasn't on. And if they're not able to use body cameras because of video storage reasons or things like that, then they lied to their citizens. And that's not acceptable either. The and it's pe- about time. Unfortunately, it's instant to happen. But it's about time people start paying attention to his record as mayor. If he can't control his own city and, and uh, make his own city flourish. Sorry. 
not good enough for the and country. It's and it's finally, of- fi- he was the media darling for two months now, and three months even, and he well, is finally kind of getting another little scrutiny. But here we are at the debate, and the question comes up directly from Rachel Maddow. And uh, by the way, she, I didn't think was awful. I just don't think she's good. Chuck Todd was bad. Chuck Todd was, was, was not good. I'm shocked. It's, it's usually amazing. the other way around, Yeah, isn't but it? Chuck Todd is really just... Uh, he, he may be some kind of political savant, but he's just... There's nothing... You don't trust him with the question. Savannah Guthrie? Sorry, she was terrific. Yeah. Savannah Guthrie was terrific. Well, how I can would, you hate Savannah? Well, well okay. there may be many reasons to hate Savannah. I'm not saying I agree with her politically on everything, but I would, I would gladly accept her as a debate moderator again. Gladly accept her going there and asking uh, the questions. Then we I'll, just need Hoda and uh, Jenna uh, Bush Hager. Oh, dude, I think Hoda would do a good job. Yeah. If, I think Hoda would do a fine job just so we could say Hoda. And we could then have like the, the side shot of Gifford drinking on the side and saying, who are these people? Why are they on my stage? Right. I want to get back to Pete Buttigieg. Sorry. You just keep sidetracking me, kid. So Pete Buttigieg is asked a question about South Bend. And why is it that your police force is only 6% black when you have a 26% black population? Now, that's not even the right question, but it was the question that, that uh, Maddow asked, and he said straight away, directly, without wasting a beat, I couldn't get it done. He took to that level ownership. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not ownership of how poor his leadership has been. That's not ownership of the problem in South Bend and the anger that these people have. John Hickenlooper, former governor of Colorado, piles on. And while he's piling on and Buttigieg tries to answer, Eric Swalwell, yeah. the Democrat congressman Whoa. from California, the guy who wants to literally steal your guns and do it via the barrel of a gun. He wants to put a gun to your head while the police come and take your guns away because, you know, for the safety of America. Uh, Swalwell is piling on him. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, Kamala Harris says, as the only woman of color on the stage, I want to talk about race. Oh, Lord. Rachel Maddow is like, we're going to get to you in a moment. We we do want to ask you this question. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm I'm taking it now. And gives Maddow a death stare that is surreal. It is a stare of, maybe you don't understand who's in charge here. And she starts going at Joe Biden. Kamala Harris saves, bless you, by the way. Kamala Harris saves Pete Buttigieg, starts going after Joe Biden hard. First goes after Joe Biden for a bunch of nonsense. Well, she, she started out by saying, now, I don't believe you actually are a racist. But. But. And then proceeds to call him a racist. <laughs> yeah. Is what, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. He had mentioned a few weeks earlier that there's no more civility left in politics. And even when he had to deal with segregationists like Talmadge and, and I think it's Eastman, I, I think is the, the, the name, um, he, he was able to work with them on serious things, uh, even though they didn't agree. People on the left twisted that to Joe Biden likes segregationists. <laughs> it was, listen, I'm not a fan of Joe Biden, but that's not what he said. It was a flat-out line. People used it because they wanted to, ta- to hit on the front runner in the Democratic Party. So he starts defending himself. That's not true. That's a total mischaracterization of my record. To which she then responds with, why did you favor, why did you not favor busing during the segregationist oh, days or, 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 or to desegregate the schools? The idea that if here were uh, black kids, you would bust them to a white school. Now, there are multiple places you can go to that could discuss the failure of busing. And I'm sure some people could discuss a success of busing. I'm not a busing expert, so I'm not going to go down the road with everybody here. 
but she starts going after him for something that happened 40 some odd years ago, if not more. If not more, I, it definitely is. It's got to be more. And went with the line of, there was a girl on who was part of the second class of segregated kids, yeah, integrated kids, and uh, that little girl was me. And her Twitter feed, her social media team, releases a picture of her as a six-year-old. She planned this from beginning oh, yeah. to oh, end. Yeah, that was she, she didn't care. She doesn't care that Pete Buttigieg fired a black police chief, and there's a question as to why. Mm -hmm. She doesn't care that there's unrest in South Bend. She doesn't care that there's a man by the name of Eric Logan who was shot and killed by police. She needed her political hit. She needed to take she down the front runner. She needed to make sure runner. she got that in. Mm -hmm. It was, you can almost applaud the political cravenness of it. Kamala Harris came to win. She set the entire field straight about that, and she don't mind a kill shot. She went for it hard. Here's the deal when it comes to and these she did win that night. She did. Well, here's the deal when it comes to these debates. First of all, it's way too soon to have these things. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's ridiculous. It's June of 2019. Yeah, uh, but you got to weed out 20 people at some point. Okay, I understand that, but it's just too soon. But the the thing is, is that when it comes to these debates. You know, I, I saw the first night, I believe, 9 million people watched the debate. So most of the American people tuned out. Right. The key to having a, uh, a, a successful campaign is how you spin the debate performances and how the media reports you. Because the next day, didn't see the, the second debate, okay? But what I did see was the reporting on the second debate. And the only two things I saw from that debate were Eric Swalwell going after Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And that's it. It was like the other people were not even on the stage. Yeah, because Swalwell did a did a uh, age joke. I remember being six years old and hearing a presidential candidate in 1980, something or other, uh, talking about how uh, we need to pass the torch to the younger generation. And that candidate was Joe Biden. He's right. You need to pass the torch <laughs> to the younger generation. It was actually a very, very good line from a guy who isn't going anywhere. Eric Swalwell is not going anywhere. But that's the only two things I saw in, yeah. in the two hours of watching the news from that debate. So if you didn't watch the debate and you're only getting analysis from the debate that's the only thing you may have saw uh, you may uh, uh, got a chance to see from that debate the previous night so it's how the campaign spins your uh, performance and how the media reports it that's that's crucial for a successful campaign well one of the things i found really interesting was both nights i turned on the tv to watch the debates i watched part of them both nights and there were people I did not even physically recognize standing on stage. Like, I had to wait till their name was mentioned because I didn't know who they were. I turned on the TV the second night, and, and there's a woman yelling at me. Oh, the, and new, I was the said, new age yoga woman. Yeah. Oh, Mar Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson, author. I bring you peace. And it's like, who are you, and I why are you love. yelling at me? <laughs> and even somebody like a Swalwell, like, I don't, you know, I'm in politics, First and I know all, these people's names, but just looking at them, I'm like, I don't even know you. Compared to Bernie Sanders, nobody was yelling about anything. Bernie Sanders looked flat out terrible in this debate. Well, and so did Joe Biden, because he, when he gets mad, mad Joe Biden is not a good look, because he's got all these giant fake teeth, and so, and he's old, and they're all capped. So he's like, got, all, I can't, this is great radio, yeah, where yeah. I'm trying to show you my teeth. But he's got all these bottom teeth sticking out, and it is hysterical, but it's scary. It looks like he gargles Clorox. He is wow. not, him mad is I mean, not a good look. He has to stop that. Hey, he can't. 
He, he has to because he he's good look, he looks he spent, like a crazy man. He can't believe he spent eight years with Barack Obama and now he's being called a racist. <laughs> like, what? The, what is it that I'm witnessing here? What is it that's actually happening? And what he and, and Bernie don't understand is that they built this monster and the monster will consume them. Mm-hmm. They built this and they have no respect for it whatsoever. They don't care. Somebody pointed out, I think it was Jim Garrity, who has been on this podcast from National Review. I was like, wait, was he on the stage too? Uh, no, he might have been. He might have been. Um, we would all have been better for it if he was. <laughs> so he said, you know, if you were Bernie Sanders and you're running against Jim Webb and Hillary Clinton, yeah, your, your uh, pro-socialist message stands out really well. Mm-hmm. When everybody else is more socialist than you, you're just an old man screaming. When they all stand there and raise their hands about giving free health care to illegal immigrants. Yeah. It's, it's amazing in really 12 years we have a situation where we have Democratic candidates who really look like they, would, they should be more comfortable running for, the, uh, running for mayor of San Francisco. Or Venezuela. Yeah, I mean, really? <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Uh, they, but it, it, you're, you're getting into the conversation of uh, their politics versus you know, uh, the, the politics of political right. But within the world of, of the political left, uh, right, and, and you got to think of it f- from, that, from that point of view. The only thing I'm saying about Bernie Sanders is he doesn't offer anything new anymore, Mm-mm. right? And that's why he's just this old guy screaming and yelling, and it, and it, doesn't, it, it doesn't affect anything. It doesn't do anything. When we take, talk about candidates who stood out, Kamala went for the kill shot. She's serious about winning, right? Uh, she stood out. I'll, I don't like the man. But Bill de Blasio stood out in that first night. That guy said, and I'm quoting, we have plenty of money in America. The problem is it's in the wrong hands. That line scared me to my core. Mm -hmm. That is the most Mm -hmm. violent and frightening thing ever. But there's a swath of America that's totally into that kind of conversation. Standing ovation. They're, They're totally wrong, as I see it. But he stood out because what he said was, I'm a progressive. I'm going to say I'm a progressive. I'm not going to hide from being a progressive. Come at me. This is my, I'm not going to couch anything. So he stood out. When you talk about people who stood out in the debate, I'm going to give you the list. Uh, And I'll give you the yes or no's. Um, uh, Or I'll give you actually the yeses. Bill de Blasio, he stood out. Julian Castro did so much better than people I think he had for, including me, that he, he had the look of calm. He had the look of, yeah, I got this. And, and that really does go a long, long way. John Delaney. John Delaney is a former congressman from Maryland, and he was the bald guy on, on all the way to the right on the, on the first night of the debate. And, and people are writing him off. He sounded like a guy you'd be like, wait a second, explain that policy to me again. I want to make sure I heard you right. I'll disagree with him, but he's coming with some brain. He's coming with a view and a look. One of the other people on that stage, Tulsi Gabbard. Yes. Tulsi Gabbard is the congressman from Hawaii. She's the one with the silver streak in her hair. It, it kills me she's on the political left. Because when she talks about war, when she talks about the military, and she's, mm-hmm. she has served, mm-hmm. she has a serious understanding, it seems to me. And then she goes off in a direction like, how do you even, how can you make that left turn? It ki- I think it, because she's in Hawaii, she has to be so left. But I think I think that first debate night, she well, I think being in Hawaii makes her more left because she has to be. But I think that first debate night, I think that, and a lot of people I know th- that are in politics thought she won that night, and she ended up being uh, the most googled and most. Well, don't confuse the two things. 
she may have won the night mm-hmm. because she has composure and she she understood the issues of warfare, specifically regarding we weren't attacked by the Taliban, we were attacked by Al Qaeda on September 11th. She was the most Googled because she's outrageously attractive. Anybody who said otherwise is nuts. Don't even. Are think. you serious right now? On that field, she's not she, on, oh, on, she the, out, out, on that stage when you're standing list. there next to Cory Booker and, yes. and Julian Castro. Yeah, you're attractive. And, and Elizabeth Warren. I'm just saying what is. Stop That's it. why she was Googled. Stop it. That is not true at all. It's she, not first only of all, she's not that. Attra- she's it's not that attractive. True. It's look. There's political attractive. And Hollywood attractive. Physically, she is not that attractive. And that's weird that you would suggest that that's why she was Googled. I'm telling you that's a reason 50% of the Google searches no. happened. 100%, 100% I'm right about the, the people that are People aren't watching <laughs> debates to say, well, who's the hottest so I can Google them later? Hold on a second. Are you really having this conversation with me? You don't think people who didn't know what she, who she was and she's got the red on. Right? She looks physically different. She's got the hair. She's this young woman. And we're like, wait, who is she? You don't think that had anything to do with it? Are we now in the world of total naivete? I'm not going to play that. Uh, you know, I'm not I, going to play that I at all. I freely admit when uh, that Democratic uh, senator won uh, in Arizona, uh, Kristen... Cinema. Uh, uh, when she showed up, uh, you know, uh, for... Uh, yeah, because, you know, she she's bisexual, so that's kind of hot, And go-go right? boots. Yeah. When I saw the go-go boots, I, I Googled her. I freely admit it. I'm not ashamed of it either. No. And you know what he did next? Bought a pair of go-go boots. <laughs> I can't believe you don't think that that was a part of it, April. I, I, that is so dishonest and disingenuous. I, I, Wait, I find that shocking. And was it a part of it? Was it a part appalling. of it? Was it a part of it? Just a slight part of it. Any part of I it. Would have, that would have never crossed my mind. Wow. That people were Googling people after debates because they're hot. You don't... Oh, like it doesn't yes. happen with a male politician. Well, let me tell you. If uh, there's a male politician that's hot, I already know he's hot. Like right, Michael Bennett. That's the senator from Colorado. Who's the one that had the big-ass eyebrows that were fluffy and disgusting? A man on stage. <laughs> that was Amy Klobuchar. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know. Wait. First night or second night? I don't know. All the nights. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who that was. But there were a Second couple of standouts. Um, and, and I went through them. Listen, Elizabeth Warren had herself a great night. She only spoke for half the night. The second half of the debate, she didn't even speak at all. Well, are you, what? well I wanted she did. to... Elizabeth did have a great, great night, well, yes. I, I'm sorry. Finish up with no, your thoughts. No, go ahead. Well, I, you, you talked about how earlier you feel like Joe Biden will not get the nomination. He's and not there, getting the nomination. There are a few reasons why I, I think you're correct. But one of the things I want to point to, let's go back to June 2015. Oh, wow. June 2015 and look year. at an NBC News GOP... I was GOP nine months pregnant June 2015. That wasn't part of the NBC News. <laughs> I don't know why that GOP. wasn't on NBC Shocking. News. It should have been. NBC News GOP primary poll, June 2015. The front runner, Jeb Bush, 22%. Scott Walker, 17% in second. Marco Rubio, third, 14 Ben Carson, 11%. Mike Huckabee, 9%. That was your top five in June of 2015. Trump, 1%. Yeah. Over a year before the debates. So you don't yeah. want to be the front or runner. before the election. You really don't want to be the front runner unless you're Hillary Clinton and, you you know, the, the DNC totally wants to have it in the bag for you. Uh, you don't want to be the front runner in June, uh, I will the year say, before the election. I will say this to the idea of 20 people. I think that uh, NBC and the Democrats are clearly going to have to say, okay, we've changed the parameters for the second debate to have less people on. They might change it again. To have even less people on. 10 and 10 is just too much. Everybody gasping for airtime. Mm-hmm. Other candidates who don't have the numbers are just going to go and they're going to have to call the herd. 
they're going to have to because I don't know if they can handle two more nights of this yeah. kind of clown keep show. Yeah, doing this every week. Who, overall, who's the, who is right now the front runner for the Democrats, April D. Gregory? Um, I think it's... It's the end of June 2019. Yeah, I mean... Who's I, the front runner? Okay, so there's kind of an issue with the front runner in the first place. Was it, Biden had Biden was in the lead, right? But he was only in the lead, I think, because of his name ID. Well, it doesn't matter. He's still in the lead. Right. Well, I think that was not lead. It's not really a lead. It's just name ID recognition. Um, I think after the first debate, I think a lot of people that are paying attention clearly recognized, and he is not going to be the front runner. Um, just based on the debates, I would say Kamala Harris is now the, uh, she was she was the most successful in the debate now is she the front runner i don't know elizabeth warren might have bumped up I, I, one debate's not going to take biden or bernie sanders down from the one and two position but kamala and elizabeth warren are going to be buddha judges sliding and kamala and elizabeth warren are going to be the ones boosting up and you know i mentioned this on air and i didn't realize the new york times said this harris buddha judge you're going to start hearing that everywhere in all the places. Um, yes, that plays very well. Who do you think won the debates? Oh, well, I can tell you this. I, I really and truly believe that Bernie Sanders is done. I mean, there's no need. Bernie Sanders was a breath of fresh air in 2016 for uh, progressives. But now, like you said, he's breath not saying anything new. And he's got, you know, the whole stage practically <laughs> is, is trying to run on the Bernie Sanders 2016 mm-hmm. Platform, so I think Bernie's done. I think it's uh, Kamala Harris or uh, Elizabeth Warren, and I'm shocked about Elizabeth Warren because I cannot believe. Yeah, I thought she would have been whole, too old and too after the whole Cherokee thing, and, yeah. and, and just after all the, the. But the good thing is, it's same for Pete Buttigieg. When the bad stuff comes out early, you have a lot of time to recover, and so I think that helps Elizabeth Warren, and she really did good during the debates. Now this is only one of many debates, and then the, the election's year and a half away, but. Biden and Bernie are going to be sliding down the scale now that one's over and once the second one's over they're going to keep going down and and Kamala and and Elizabeth Warren are going to be moving I up. think it's also again proves uh, you know something about tribalism no pun intended but it's <laughs> it's it's okay when our April spit out her drink <laughs> there's <did>. Manhattan all <laughs> over the table but by the way how is that Manhattan from journeyman Oh, this Manhattan is so like I'm telling you, this is amazing. I've only had one Manhattan in my life, and I hated it. And this is so good. I was scared to have it, and I'm glad it's a big pour because it is good. Right. That's and my daughter's whiskey. birthday party is in uh, three hours, and I might not be sober. That's mother of the year, mother of the year. <laughs> and uh, fingers, what do you think of the? Uh, la- I'll let you finish your thought. What do you think of the uh, last feather ride? Oh, you're on to the Manhattan. You're gonna oh, that's care gone. About the ride. Oh, you oh, finished the, the ride's ride. gone. <laughs> oh. I, d- I did dump some of my rye in the Manhattan, which is maybe oh, a bad gross. idea because they're two different bourbons, oh, that's two different ter- whiskeys. Yeah, that's terrible. That's a terrible idea. Okay, but no, well, you it's, can have it's, it's okay when someone misbehaves in my tribe, but if that person, uh, if your person in your tribe, right, demonstrates that same behavior, well, then it's wrong, and we should all be shocked. It, they're they're forgiving Elizabeth Warren for cultural appropriation. They're going I'm, to forgive Pete Buttigieg, it yes, seems, for yes. what's going on in South Bend. And they're going to not pay attention to the people in South Bend. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. And when I watched Kamala Harris save him, I said to myself, oh, there's something there. Yeah. Almost like there's a deal. And if not, she just let him know there's a deal or there's an opportunity. Yeah. A Kamala Buttigieg ticket plays very, very well. Outrageously well. It is. 
check the boxes. And it pains me to say that. Right? If you if you check the boxes of identity mm-hmm. politics. Check so many man, boxes. Everything except Native American. Uh, you know, we're here in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> she did it again. I feel good. Wow. I feel uh, good. Does does Pete Buttigieg help a Democratic ticket in Indiana? We're in uh, Indiana. Well, it didn't matter. Like my pens. The it, they don't have to win Indiana. I get they that. They have to asking. win Florida. But they it, have to win Pennsylvania. It helps in the sense that Ohio. he is a Midwesterner, and you've got to get the, those Midwestern Republicans. Yeah, yeah, you need to get the you need you can have your crazy left winger from the coast, but you got to have regular America too. And well, and if they realize that, then they are a threat. You know, there was a moment in the I think it was in the first debate where somebody mentioned Michigan and Wisconsin. And those Michigan and Wisconsin weren't mentioned, you know, just because they were mentioned because these are the places Hillary Clinton didn't campaign in. And these Which are the places they desperately need to, to get say. back. <laughs> yeah, loud. she didn't campaign. Out loud. Um, the, right now, the front runner for the Democrats is Elizabeth Warren. There's no question about it. She is a consensus for a tremendous number of people and is thought of as a fighter against uh, Donald Trump. Um, Kamala Harris is in that top three conversation. Mm-hmm. I think you'll see Biden out of the top five in the next 30 days. Yeah. That's the way it's going to, that's the way that's going to go down. We've got cigars to get to. Oh, I want to so get excited. to the whole Megan Rapino thing. Uh, the, uh, the, the soccer player for the U S women's uh, soccer team and uh, a, uh, a poll of Americans in cold pizza. This is Eat Drink Smith. Eat, drink, smoke. Tony Katz, April D. Gregory, Fingers Malloy, Blend Bar Cigar, Indianapolis, Indiana, and people going to iTunes, really now Apple Podcasts, and subscribing. It's been growing great because people have been heading out and writing the reviews, giving it the five-star review and writing uh, the reviews. And if you wanted to do it, it's it, we have the uh, shortener. So bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y, bit.ly slash eat, drink, smoke. That's all you have to do. Bit.ly, B-I-T dash or dot ly if i could say it right maybe it'd be easier to yeah, get to bit dot ly bitly slash eat drink smoke it'll send you directly to where you can subscribe and write a five-star review give it a five-star review or give it the five stars then write the review you know what i'm talking about uh, and it's been helpful it's been incredibly incredibly helpful and we we appreciate it and everything is growing and uh, uh the sponsors are still with us fanimation fanimation.com of course when you need a new ceiling fan Fanimation is the place to go. The style, the selection, uh, the the craftsmanship of these things. Listen, they're based right here in Indiana, but they're sold the nation over, sold the world over, and they're just terrific people who make a great product. Don't have a showroom in Indiana. <laughs> Stop. Fingers Malloy went out there they because he wanted a, to see the showroom, they and they're like, the, we don't have a showroom. They have everything online. They have the antique at, at their at their location, like they have a museum of fans, and it was actually really fascinating to see the very first fans ever made and the progression of what fans looked like from the beginning till now. Okay. It is incredible. What the hell does that have to do with me going out there trying to buy a fan? Because you told well, me hey, they guess had a showroom. What? Hey, guess what? People nowadays shop online, and right. they are uh, with the with the times. Fanimation.com, and you can get a fan for that new three-season room. Indoor, outdoor, makes no difference. LED lighting, change the blades, change the style, whisper quiet. Fanimation.com. Absolutely thrilled that they're a part of the podcast. If you ever come to Blend Bar Cigar and you see the fans here in Indianapolis, all from Fanimation.com. Let's move on to the smoke. And we are doing, uh, from Arturo Fuente, the Don Carlos, the man. 
Uh, so I, I think this is the 80th, which is the celebration of uh, the, the, the birthday, I, I, I believe, is, is where this, this comes from. This is a smaller cigar than we normally review. This is five and a quarter inches by 50. So this is a Robusto. We usually review things that are longer because of the time we take to do the podcast. But just like we did the Lancero last week, we did the La Polina Illumination. You got to start trying. Okay, fingers. Here you go. You got to start trying different sizes. Tee. You have to see. Things. Last week you did the Lancero and it was took everything within us to not save that one for you because mm. we knew you would have. Uh, comment. She thought, uh, April thought you'd have something to say about long and thin. I did not have anything. You. This is a cigar. Now, this is this is the 80th, um, but you can find normally the man somewhere around $15 a stick. The 80th would probably be about $20, $22 uh, a, a stick. It's Dominican uh, is what you're going to find uh, from this in terms of uh, the, the make. Um, this is a medium full kind of cigar, and since it's happening in a five and a quarter, you might think that there's a different level of intensity, and I'm I'm here to tell you, there very well may be. There may be, compared to smoking a, a six and a, and a quarter inch cigar, or, or a six inch cigar, the, it, three quarters of an inch makes a lot of difference. Tee! Uh, huh. um, cocoa uh, in, in, in this, a uh, little bit of, of almost fruit flavor uh, in this. Uh, you get a, a sweetness going on here, which is interesting for a cigar that you know has a, a Dominican nature. For you to get sweetness. That's usually not the way it works. Um, I, when I first started smoking, I stayed away from some names. And one of the names I stayed away from was Arturo Fuente. <gasps> like, I stayed away. When I first started smoking, I stayed away from Macanudo. I stayed away from the names that I thought were the old, tired, mm. stale kinds of cigars. Swisher? I see it was new and it stop it. The reason they're new. old is because they're tried and true. Always good. But that doesn't always mean that they have evolved and they've grown and they've continued to work with the same levels of, 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 of quality, you know, that, that, that they should. I'm not knocking them. Mm-hmm. Uh, my point to you is don't. Don't get scared off by a name. Don't get scared off by a label. The labeling is packaging, and I will admit I am attracted to cigars that have a prettier labeling. If, it's, if I find it ugly, I don't know if I'll enjoy the cigar. That's part of the branding thing, and I've forgotten myself to get over that. I want you to do the same. Get over that and give things a try, and certainly give things a try in certain sizes, right? It is you see a cigar is like okay, I have only this, you know this much time. I can only smoke this much of a cigar. No, you want to be able to smoke things in different ways and in different styles, so you can get an understanding of what's going on. As a fifty, this isn't too big of a ring gauge. This is a pretty easy going, no problem ring gauge. I think for you fingers, you're saying it's a little too small. No, uh, uh, it's short, uh, no, it's it's not that. I actually enjoy uh, a cigar this size because I find sometimes, especially because I am, you know, a novice in the cigar size world. Size doesn't matter. Okay. It's too easy. <laughs> um, but uh, to me, I, I was thinking while I was smoking this, uh, you know, it's really important to pair your cigar with something that you're drinking and make sure that they uh, blend well together, and I gotta say this: this Manhattan is too sweet for the cigar. Yes, I agree. Interesting. I agree with that. I did not. Really. Try, I have not tried the Manhattan. Hold on a second. I didn't. I didn't try it. Wait, what? You haven't tried I, the Manhattan? No, I did. I didn't try it with the cigar. I haven't had. Oh, okay. Since I, since I, since I lit. Hold on. Yeah, the, the cigar is very strong, and the Manhattan is sweet. I mean, to me, it would be like this particular cigar is even strong. Even I don't want to say stronger, but it's um, a taste that I don't love. That's interesting. 
to me, it's like, and I'm not comparing this drink to uh, a margarita, but I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, would I want a sweet uh, margarita with, uh, you know, the uh, not the salt around the rim, but the sugar around the rim with a cigar? I, to, to me, this just doesn't. I can, they don't, and I can they don't pair it. well together. By the way, I did read one thing wrong in, in the sizing. I, I read off the, the wrong size. This is a 5 by 50, not in a 5 and a quarter mm. uh, by, by 50. And the reason you get some of that sweetness, this is a Cameroon wrapper, and I love me a Cameroon wrapper. But yes, the binder and filler is is uh, Dominican. So again, you have to have something that's Dominican, but to have more of that 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 sweetness kind of, of, of strength to it is, is special. And, and I'm right now telling you, I'm loving everything that's happening here, but I am just a sucker for Cameroons. An absolute sucker. Uh, Rocky Patel Cameroon, uh, CAO, does a Cameroon as well. Love them anytime I can get my hands on them. So that's interesting. I think the, the Cameroon wrapper works with the, this uh, Manhattan, but the cigar itself is too powerful for the Manhattan. Listen, you got to. That might be possible. The pairing is a big deal, right? What works with what? I, I totally get it. Now, I, if it, it doesn't work it's for you, subjective. it doesn't work it's for everybody, you. It's everybody's different. So, yeah, totally. So, what would you have this with? Would you have this with with just the rye? Would you have this only with I would with have this bourbon? with a rye or a bourbon. I don't want something sweet with this. Which is funny. Would you have it with a coffee? You know, I don't know. I, I don't would totally know. do it with a Maybe, coffee. yeah. I could see 150. That. I find more and more... What when I when I smoke water and coffee, that's that those are my go tos before bourbon. Water and coffee are absolutely where I, where I hit. As I've gotten older, I, I I never understood when I was younger when people would have a really nice meal, go have a steak, and then have a cup of coffee after. Mm. You know, have the espresso or whatever. Oh, really? I never understood. Now I get it, and I do enjoy the co- the coffee here at Blend is fantastic. And that it is the French uh, press. Oh my gosh! And it you know it pairs well with with cigars. So yeah, but that wouldn't be my first. Uh, I, I wouldn't think of that first because I, I'm a functional alcoholic. <laughs> and remember, when you're dealing with a French press, it's very different than when you're making coffee at, at home if you're using a machine because the filter traps the oils. So when you do a coffee through a, a regular coffee machine at home, the oils uh, from from the from the coffee itself don't get through. Right. It makes it easier to drink. If you get like any kind of upset stomach, uh, a French press will mess you up because it does to me. I yeah. can't do French press very often. But when you drink a French press coffee, you understand the difference because the flavor is so magnified because you're getting all of it. And if you you're make cold the brew in a French press, you mm. really notice the I difference. haven't done it. Oh. Mm, it's good though. It's very good, but it, it can hit you hard in the stomach. Yeah. Um, hitting you hard in the stomach. There is a survey that says that half of Americans prefer to eat cold pizza for breakfast. True or false? True. Okay. Wow. Wait, prefer to... Okay, so you have a... How does this... What does this poll say? You have a pizza and you'd rather eat it cold for breakfast than eat it right then warm, or you'd rather for breakfast have cold pizza than something else? According to the people at Delish, 53% of survey respondents prefer pizza for breakfast, but not just pizza. Uh... 50% 50% of Americans prefer cold pizza for breakfast. So given the option of eggs, bacon, toast, pancakes, waffles, or cold pizza, they pick pizza over any of those foods. Uh, absolutely. You think that's true? Yeah. Okay. Now, I- we don't do it all the time, but when there is pizza left over, you're grabbing that cold pizza for breakfast before you're making yourself some eggs and bacon. And because it's easier. And that's, that's, and that's where I have a problem with this poll. 
No, nobody actually says mm, no, no, no. It's I got good. a hankering for cold, cold pizza. pizza. Is good for I'm breakfast. Not, I'm not saying no. I've done it a million times in my life. It's good. It's not because it's easy. It's because it is good. Of course, it's because it's easy. It's because it's already there from the night before. Uh-uh. While but you're searching you're for doing your pants. It because it's good. Well, we all like it easy in the morning. But here's the deal, Tony. You want to do it, April? Or you want me to do it? Tee-hee. Uh How about combining the two? Have you ever done this number before? If you say you have a. Uh, uh, a pizza that is like the garden pizza or, or you know you don't even have to have it be, uh, it could be a sausage pizza the next day what I like to do sometimes is I will scrape the cheese and the toppings and everything off the pizza and put it in a frying pan mm-hmm. and make an omelet and then take the crust and put it in the oven and toast it and then eat yeah that sounds amazing what the hell yeah that's fantastic but no I would rather eat cold pizza and maybe Maybe the cold pizza thing started because it was convenient just to eat it real fast when you wake up the next morning and it was there. But people keep doing it because it's good. You realize it's good and that's why you do it. If you're doing that much work to cold pizza, you really don't understand what you should be doing with cold pizza. Just eat the cold pizza. That's all you have to do. Never tried it, have you? Never, you've never done no, it. I've, ne- I've never made an omelet out of my cold pizza. No, it does sound good, and it might be worth trying sometime, but I'm also, while I'm making that, going to eat some of the pieces cold. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this question. When it comes to pizza, leftover pizza the next day, forget about breakfast in general. Percentage-wise, uh, how often do you heat up the pizza versus just eating it cold, throwing it on a plate, and just For breakfast? It? No, just in general. In gen- If it's not breakfast, I... If it's not breakfast, I warm it up in the oven, not the microwave. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, oven or toaster I've oven. 100%. I've seen people put it in a frying pan and warm it up that way, too. Oh, that might work, yeah. But uh, I, I, I think about 50% of the time, I'll just grab two pieces right out of the refrigerator, throw it on a plate, and eat it. Yeah. Cold pizza. Uh, I, it doesn't I usually, matter about the morning If it's not, not morning, I usually warm it up. And also, it depends on what pizza it is, too. Well, then why breakfast? Why breakfast? Is it okay to eat cold? Because is it better to eat cold? pizza, you get a box and order pizza uh, at, at dinner time, right? That's just when you normally get pizza. So you have the leftovers in the morning. And once we all realized, uh, the evolution of man realized cold pizza <laughs> is good. It may have started because it was convenient, but then we evolved to realize this is really good. And let's face it, you know. And so sometimes you buy extra pizza at night because you know it'll be good in the morning. Yeah, and you're hungover. Cold pizza? Uh, not all the time, but even if you're oh, completely you're not sober. hungover all the time? She is. She's the one I'm tell you. <laughs> cold pizza or cold Chinese? Oh. Cold pizza, but cold Chinese is also some oh, so lo mein. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Some cold lo mein. Beef with broccoli? Yeah. Unquestionable. Oh, I, yeah. If you put it in front of me right now, I could eat all of it. Yeah. Not Guaranteed. Uh, the box as well. Guaranteed. All the folds, everything. See, I only get General Tso's chicken. That's the only thing I get at a Chinese restaurant. That's good. That That's true? good cold yeah. too. That's good also. Yeah. That's good cold. Yeah, cold Chinese. Huh? Never done that. More than cold pizza. The cold, the More rice, than cold pizza. Yeah. No, no. The Chinese rice doesn't doesn't play well. No, the next you day. don't do the rice. You can't, you can't eat cold rice. You can't even Awful. really do that warm. Also, the next day, uh, you can maybe put it in a skillet and warm it back up, but not even the microwave. But anything oh. else Chinese? She cold? doesn't know what she's talking about. Don't worry. Rice leftover rice is not good. How are you making your rice? I don't it's not Chinese, Chinese, rice. Rice. Chinese food rice. You got to you got to warm it up properly. If oh you're yeah, you, eat you it. have to add a little. You might have to add a little water to yeah, it. You might yeah. have to add a little salt. And put it in the so. skillet, not the microwave. Oh, I it's a fun way to do it. Again, with the general sauce chicken, uh, the next day sometimes it actually tastes better you know, warmed up than it did originally. Just be, the sauce. Some has things been on are there better. Yeah, I can see. I will tell you, though, it would be okay either way. You have brought up like warming it up in a skillet or in a pan twice. The amount of people who don't who have not thought about that. The amount of people who don't warm things up in an oven. Right. Spend outrageous amounts of money to have an oven in their kitchen 
They, they don't even know. They don't use it. Just right. throw all the, I mean, I'm, this is part of the, the food crap of, of the 50s and 60s. You get a microwave and you get box food and you're like, oh, let's use this microwave and box food. And then we quit eating like real people. Yes. Now, that's true. I absolutely positively agree. Cold pizza hot pocket. Your thoughts? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a hot pocket. Pizza hot pocket. Oh, my God. Would you stop? All right, here we go. (laughs) Next week, it's hot pocket week here at each Pizza hot pockets, I don't lie. There are hot pockets I have eaten as a child. I'm going to say I must have had one. I just don't remember. But I'll gladly, if you want to do a hot pocket. Pizza rolls. Pizza rolls I've had. Tostino's pizza rolls are great. That stuff's so much fun. You want to know where my eating issues first started? Uh, as a teenager, I would go home and uh, my mom and I would uh, grab about 30 pizza rolls and we would put them in a fry baby and deep fry our pizza rolls. Oh, nice. Oh, what? So much better to deep fry a pizza roll. You mean like the after cr- school? Yeah, the crust. Yeah, no, I believe they, I think the they're created roll. to be deep fried oh, for so sure. Oh, so good. I, I do a thing on the radio show called uh, Should Tony Eat This? We do it every Friday and one of the people from the station, uh, Terry Stacy. Uh, either makes or, or finds something for me to try. And it's, uh, there's been disgusting things. I've tried Rocky Mountain Oysters. Do you know what those are? Yeah, I, I've seen you try. Right? I watched the, that. The, those, those are bull testicles. And I, I've tried Nutriloaf. And Nutriloaf is the food they make for prisoners when they misbehave. It's been outlawed in some states. It's a mix of beans and other things. It is the most disgusting, horrific food ever. And if prisoners misbehave, that's all they get fed. It's got all the nutrients. But it is horrific. That's it, what, and they've they've outlawed it in certain. Places. But that's what April has every Thanksgiving. No, the neutral. No, she has the tofurkey. <laughs> the, the, the tofu turkey, yeah. uh, and 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 everything else. But we 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 she, one of the weeks, it was taking pizza rolls, and layering them in a bunt cake pan, and it was baked as a bunt cake. Go on. Talk about doing it. For your kids' party, but like it was instead just pizza of pizza, rolls. it was just pizza rolls. Oh, that sounds amazing! It was amazing. pizza rolls, and it was covered in cheese. I think if you had used like ricotta cheese inside, everything would have stuck together a little bit better. Oh, okay. But then you literally take, let it cool in the bun pan, kind of take it out, and it looks like a cake. Oh my god! And then you could cover that in cheese, like it was an icing, and then serve it. You got it. That's like the next. Fingers next birthday about party to have a food gasm. Next birthday party for the kids. That's got to happen. Is such a good was idea. Was it the yellow melty cheese on top? Uh, that's no. I it was, she didn't do it that way, but that's exactly how I would have done it. Really? I, I, probably a mozzarella, but you, you would you would find a way to, to do it, it and make it look like a, a melted and, icing. Yeah, yeah. It, how, look at you fingers, like a kid. I'm I'm I'm, I'm getting misty over here. And then you can kind of like pull it apart and do it one at a time from the slices. Oh my gosh, sounds amazing. It was so good because the mozzarella would melt perfectly on that, and it would stick together and pull out stringy. Oh my god! And that's why I think you need the ricotta cheese to kind of help keep it a, just a little bit together and give you a little more moisture. But what ruins it is a uh, fifteen small kids <laughs> putting their paws in that and like ripping, ripping it apart. And I feel like those uh, kids so would fun. not appreciate this. They just want the, they don't have the palate. They, they, they want the, the pizza rolls. They it's, don't want the fun. it's not even a question of palate. It's fun. It's yeah. different. It's like, wait, what's this? For oh, us. Wait, it's pizza. But like an eight-year-old, they don't get it. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I think, think they, they just want their pizza rolls. You know what? Ma- make it for dinner tonight. Let me know. We want pictures. Uh, you think I let my child eat pizza rolls? Uh, you wouldn't let your kid eat pizza rolls? Why not? I mean, just just like like just once, just for a just once, just yeah. for a thing. Yeah, just but for I, a, I wouldn't keep them in the house. You wouldn't. I mean, uh, it would seem to me you'd be like, hey, yeah, sure, here, every now and then, try it. Oh yeah, it's like pigs in a blanket. You want to talk about one of the things that I love and adore? What? Uh, pigs in a blanket. The, oh yeah. The, the hot oh dogs yeah. In, in dough. Oh, 
can eat nine million of those. Oh yeah, that is a guilty pleasure. That's food. some good stuff. Uh, before anything, uh, I wanted to uh, thank Kyle because at the at the radio station, uh, someone uh, left me a, a gift, and what they left me was the history of the Four Roses brand Ooh. of whiskey. It's very very cool. It's a whole book, and it's actually signed by the author. He got it signed for me by the author of the book, How Al cool Young. Is that? Four Roses, The Return of a Whiskey Legend. Uh, and, uh, and, and Kyle uh, left this for me. The, the book is outrageous. It's very, very cool about this history of, of uh, whiskey in, in Louisville and, and how it kind of kind of built. And it's, it's just cool as can be. Have we done Four story. Roses before? We have done a Four Roses. We have not done all of them yet, and we should. There's definitely... Definitely more to do okay. uh, out there. I want to get into Megan Rapinoe, and for the record, it is pronounced Rapino. <laughs> Megan Rapinoe is U.S. women's uh, soccer. She's very good. And certainly, who knows when you're going to be uh, hearing the podcast. I really do hope the U.S. women win the World Cup. Absolutely do. Wish nothing but the best for them. But she's known for the fact that after Colin Kaepernick took a knee, she took a knee. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know Megan uh, Rapinoe is white, literally has like bright white hair with like streaks of pink in it. Purple. Uh, Is it purple? purple right now. Um, She took a knee. And U.S. women's soccer said, we don't do that. So since that moment, and certainly for all of the World Cup, when the national anthem plays, she is not a hand over the heart Mm -hmm. person. She's standing there silently. When I was growing up, no one ever put their hand over their heart for the national anthem. That didn't happen. It certainly wasn't a mandatory. I don't know when that happened. I stand at attention for the national anthem. I don't put my hand over my heart for the national Growing anthem. Growing up, I, I always did the hand. We always did the hand over for heart. the pledge. Cool for the oh for the pledge uh, for the pledge, not for the national anthem. So this is like a whole new thing, and I don't quite understand it. But that's neither here nor there. I don't understand taking a knee. Taking a knee has not moved the needle. It did not move the needle for Colin Kaepernick, nor Eric Reed, nor anybody else. It did not change conversations in America, except to, you shouldn't take a knee. Except that's a bad way to get your message across. But if somebody doesn't want to sing the national anthem, but they're going to stand respectfully, there's nothing wrong with that in the world. And Megan Rapinoe, in my view, was right to say, she, she may have a thought, but she's going to respect the team, and she's just going to stand silently. Well... President, President Trump chimed in on this because Rapino was asked about going to the White House if they win, and she said, blank, no, I'm not going to the White House. We're probably not even going to get invited. <laughs> Trump goes on to one of his uh, benders, as he does, about you should love the flag and you should love the country and you should respect your country. And, you know, I haven't even, we haven't even discussed uh, inviting the team yet, but win or lose, I'm inviting them to the White House. Mm-hmm. So Trump takes it directly to her. Rapino says, I'm not coming. Whoa, what kind of nonsense is this? If the team wins, you're the the U.S. women's national team. You're the U.S. team. Why wouldn't you go? But that's not not where it ends. It ends with Representative Mm Ocasio-Cortez, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, putting out a tweet saying it may not be the White House, but we'd be happy to welcome Rapino and the entire women's team to a tour of the House of Representatives anytime they'd like. To which she responds, consider it done, AOC. Oh, my gosh. She was right. And she has played every part of this completely wrong. And it's what we talk about all the time. Virtue signaling and this this 
you don't have to like Donald Trump. Don't vote for him. Feel free. But the hatred thing mm-hmm. is fla- it, it makes people it makes people dumb. I mean, I, I don't know other word to describe it. It makes them daft and ridiculous. You don't want to salute the flag because you think there's some kind of, of, of horrific brutality every day in America, systemic this, that, whatever. Fine. I'm not getting in your yeah, way that's there. that's right. And I think you have the right to stand yeah. silently. But now you're when asked the question, I'm not going to the blanking White House and they're not going to invite me. Mm-hmm. That was, why, why are you picking a fight? And who are you picking a fight with? And what... Is this like the new age tough? I'm going to show you how tough I am. We're not going to go to the White House. It's the Toronto Raptors. They win the NBA championship. That's They're not the going to go to the White House. That's the thing. People, that just keeps happening. They keep saying, oh, I'm not going to go to the White House if we win. It, it, the White House is is not about you. It's not about Trump. It's the White House. And it's about, it's, 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 it's America. It's America. It's the USA. It represents our the way our country is built and, and the the. the, the uh, republic democracy and and uh it's it's about it's greater than you it's greater than whoever the president is you get invited to the white house you are one of um 0.0999 percent of people who will ever be in the white house ever meet a president go and do it it's about it's you're the u.s women's national team you represent the entire country not even just one city this is what america uh, the the way our country works Kind of starts with the way we have a, a president and not a dictator and all that stuff. Go to the White House. Uh, as you know, Tony, I'm a world class curler. Yes, <laughs> and that's, that's Mormon Hatton that just flew <laughs> out of April Gregory Gregory's face. mouth. And if all uh, over, if my curling team uh, won the United States championship during the Barack Obama years, I had many disagreements with Barack Obama over the years about policy. Just right. a few, uh, but Once I would be honored if. President Barack Obama invited me to the White House to meet him and for have to have him and congratulate me. It wouldn't even me. be about actually no. talking to him and shaking his hand. At for me, I didn't like him either. But I, I would want to be at the White House See, and meet the president. It's the greater thing. But I think that if you're if you're Megan Rapinoe, it, she should be thinking of it just the opposite. LeBron James said, uh, you know, was asked if you were sitting across from Donald Trump, what would you say to him? And he was like, Oh, I'd never sit across from Donald Trump. I'd sit across from Barack though. You're LeBron James. You've got the president of the United States in front of you. Don't you think you should use that moment to voice yes. your opinions and your thoughts? You're Megan Rapinoe. Go and take talk a to second the man. and talk to him. Let him know that you hate him and let him know why. That's fine. That's but, your right. But that's a reflection of where we are in 2019, where yes, people want to insulate the themselves thing. in bubbles, yeah. rather than going out and engaging people that they disagree with. And this you know, is listen, bigger what, than you. What do we know about her? That she's the most wokey woke person you're on one, the U.S. soccer you're team. You're one three hundred and fifty millionth of a country. And it's not about you. And but it's, it's, she doubles down in the I, I think the real ugly in saying yes to Representative Ocasio Cortez because now you didn't just say you're mad at the country. What you're saying is I'm picking sides about who's virtuous and who isn't. Right. Representative Ocasio Cortez didn't vote for a bill that would have given beds to children at the border. Mm-hmm. Because she believes in open borders, and it wasn't good enough. She demanded a hundred different strings attached. One of the things that she wanted was an addendum to the bill that would say, if you come across the border with a child, you get through the first line of inquiry. Well, if you're allowed to say, oh, this is my child, okay, well, we'll let you in, and then we'll call you back for your court date. As Emily Zanotti pointed out, lawyer and, and columnist over at Daily Wire, you're begging for child trafficking. 
We know that there are adults who come across the border with kids who aren't their kids. They're rentals. Uh, in <laughs> fact, most kids that come across the border, more than not, come with people that are not their parents. So why why would you accept that the invitation from the, from the woman, from the representative, who made that offer? Why would you accept the invitation from the woman who applauds and cheers conversations with Jeremy Corbyn? You might never have heard of Jeremy Corbyn. He leads the Labor Party in the UK. He is a virulent, well-known, very proud anti-Semite. He is a leader of the anti-Semitic movement. Louis Farrakhan says, no, that's an anti-Semite. <laughs> Why in the world? <laughs> so so she, she really has made these series of mistakes, and none of them come from the fact that she didn't put her hand over her heart. That's the part that's fine, and nobody yeah, should that, be giving her a hard time about Yes. She decided that, that Trump's no good, so she's not going to go to the blanking White House. But she'll accept the offer from Representative Ocasio-Cortez. So if, if you take a look at my point of view just for a moment and you say to yourself, yeah, but Trump does this, this, and this, okay, neither one of them is any good. Cortez is no good. Ocasio-Cortez is no good. Trump is no good. So why would you accept the deal from one and not the other? This is where everybody gets lost. No one's willing to look deep. I agree there are people that you don't sit with. I will never invite Louis Farrakhan onto this podcast. He will never be on my radio shows. But yes, I would have Barack Obama on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I invite him out right now. If, if, if President Obama wants to come, I, I, I'll pay for the flight. I don't know if I don't know if he's. I'd fly. even he flies first class. He doesn't. I can't I'd do private. I'd shoot hoops with him afterwards. Would you really? Yeah. You can't play basketball. That's why I'm saying. I think you'd really. have to throw in. A, I think you'd have to throw in a speech for Eli Lilly while you're at it. My yeah, I can't do that. I can't. I can't pay his speech fee. Man, they make so. The only reason to run for elected office is the speeches afterward and the unbelievable amount of Joe Biden gets $200,000 a speech. Could you imagine listening to a Joe Biden paying to listen to a Joe Biden speech? Hillary Clinton. Well, she used to. Those days are over. She's I, not I, getting money for speeches now? Well, she's still getting money for speeches, but it's not uh, as the, much. Although I, I will admit she is actually doing a speech at a cybersecurity conference. Ugh. And if the irony doesn't just punch you in the face on that, I don't know what to do with but, you. But who pays anyone to see Hillary Clinton speak? I, I, I count Hillary Clinton's when I can't sleep at night. <laughs> this is an electrifying speaker. I think her stock has plummeted because now there are 20 other Democrats. Uh, but um, can I just say something really funny about the Harris Buttigieg ticket? Oh, we're back to that? Yeah, sure. So Kamala Harris, Senator from California, Pete Buttigieg, Mayor, South Bend, go. That a lot of people think would be checking off all the, off all the boxes, all the boxes right. makes a ton of sense if that's the side of the aisle you swing to. If the Democrats are going to do that, right? Um, so a, 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 hair, a Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg ticket would be hairy butt. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, let's just let that go. We're going to have a little silence here while April enjoys the joke. <laughs> She's not done. Shh, wait, wait, hold on. Just a little bit more. She's trying to read. <laughs> You're just mad. You didn't think of a first fingers. <laughs> we were in this like really interesting conversation. She's like, wait, wait, I got it. Harry Butt. Wow. That is. I. I have never seen She's anything crying. end so quickly in my whole life. My goodness. Can we get back to it now? Sure. You're crying. <laughs> You're actually in tears. You made yourself laugh so hard. Over Harry I think it's funny. <laughs> you know what the best part of this is? We could totally edit it out. <laughs> All right. So let's continue the conversation. Three, two, one. I don't know why Megan Rapinoe thinks that it's okay to do one and not the other. 
See what I, that was pretty good. I, it's it's madness, and this is where she has she had an opportunity, and she just blew it. She just let it all go away, and this is what ha- hate rots the brain, man. It just rots the brain. It makes people dumb. Well, because this is ridiculous. Can't you say the same thing about Colin Kaepernick, though? I mean, he, he had an opportunity to maybe move the needle and f- maybe figure out a different way than to alienate a bunch of patriotic Americans who won't stand for seeing so- an athlete get on a knee. But, but why not use that platform that he had with the San Francisco 49ers to try to use it for good? To, to try to move the needle. In a direction that he wants to see it moved, instead of. But as soon as he took that knee, he turned off half of uh, yep. of the American people yep. just by by taking a knee. I don't disagree with that because if the com- the conversation he allegedly wanted to have was about police brutality, that conversation's not being had. If that conversation was a serious conversation and we were really bothered by it, Pete Buttigieg would not have been allowed back on the debate mm-hmm. stage, and Kamala Harris would have gone directly at him yeah. to and br- invoking. Uh, Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. and that didn't happen that's how ineffectual I will say this about Colin Kaepernick I absolutely believe that there's a decision made not to bring him back to the NFL absolutely 100% not even a question but I don't even know if it's collusion though I, I, amongst the NFL owners and coaches I think it's a situation where I don't a head think you're coach, supposed to say NFL owner anymore because it depicts no, it's NBA governor, owner is now the NBA governor well so far but I think NFL coaches the one thing that they hate more than almost anything else, is a distraction, distraction in the locker room. Distraction in the locker room. And you're bringing Colin Kaepernick in, and that is a 50-megatron bomb of distraction in the locker room. But they're room. totally okay with bringing in guys who uh, who have beaten their girlfriends. Yeah, absolutely. I, they're fine with that. Murder, even. That, that, because right? that goes away in a Allegedly. week. You bring him back, there's a big firestorm, and then a couple weeks later, it dies down. Colin Kaepernick, if he comes back to the NFL and continues to take a knee, then you're right back to square one with the controversy again. And an NFL coach, if he's got two borderline backup quarterbacks, he's going to say, I'm going to take the one that creates less of a headache in the locker room and PR-wise than the, the guy that is a social justice warrior. So you don't think anybody ever called anybody and said, yeah, we're not taking Kaepernick. Everybody has the same feeling. I don't need this. Yeah, I don't want the headache. I don't need the headache. I don't need the yeah, thing. I think that's whatsoever. what it is. I don't think there's an inclusion right. amongst the owners or coaches. That is, is very, very possible. I mean, that, that might be the right way to look at it. Like, you know, we just don't need, we just don't need uh, the thing. One more thing to get to. There's a reason Chick-fil-A is the greatest of the fast food places. There's a kid working at, at, at Chick-fil-A. And the second part of the story is the part of the story I think is important. He's working at Chick-fil-A. A woman pulls up in the drive-thru, and her child, her like six-year-old kid, four-year-old kid, is choking. And they're choking because the seatbelt is wrapped around their neck. A kid was screwing around How or whatever. How does this happen? The seatbelt is wrapped around the neck. The Chick-fil-A employee jumps through the drive-thru window. Did the mom not realize save it? the kid's life. No, the mom's like, I need help. Oh. Kid jumps, kid jumps through the window. To save the life of this four-year-old, six-year-old, however old he was. And, you know, it's like, okay, of course, Chick-fil-A. They'll, they'll get you great food. They'll say please and thank you. They'll change your tire. They'll save your kid's life. There's nothing these people won't do. The story that, the part of it I think that's important is that he was able to get this kid untangled because the employee had a knife on him, a pocket Ooh. knife. And he pulled out the pocket knife and he was able to cut the seatbelt. And that's how he was able to unravel it. From the kid's neck. Wow. I'm waiting for someone to say, why did he have a knife at work? Right. This is this is one of those things where people get so scared and so worried. And, oh, they've got a weapon. 
It's a pocket knife that can do good, and there's a reason to have one on you. Welcome to the Midwest, where we all carry pocket knives. I got one in my purse. Do you really? Yeah. That's not carrying one. That's not carrying one. Like, you should have one on you. We're chicks. We don't have pockets. Dude, just like wear it up. Just like a sash. Can can it around my uh, around my uh, waist or what? Yeah, something like that. Okay. I carry a, I carry a sword usually. Didn't Did bring you? it with me today. Yeah, a That's saber. A ratchet, hatchet. I mean, someone's gonna be like, "Why does he have a, a weapon at work?" Right. Someone's yeah. gonna say that that kid saved a life because he had a knife. He had the presence of mind, and people are gonna yell at him. But it just goes. A Chick Fil A can do no wrong. Chick Fil A can do no wrong, and feel free to boycott them all you want. They've decided they don't care. They're going to keep taking Sundays off. They're going to keep believing what they believe. They're going to keep serving America chicken, and everyone's going to be happy. Overjoyed. Was there food free? I, 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 that I don't know. Oh. I, I mean, it's I not mean, like That's food. going the extra mile right there. It's not like the food was trying to choke the kid. It was the, right. it was the car seat. I get that. But I'm just asking. You know, the whole event happened at Chick-fil-A. That is really incredible, though. That a four-year-old must oh, have been four a six-year-old, six year right? Okay. There would be because a four-year-old would still be in, in the car seat situation. So it must no. have been a six-year-old. But no, they could have been playing with the seatbelt. I guess anything is possible. It's just I don't know how that happens. Yeah. And I guess the tensioner was pulling up, and you couldn't pull it down. Wow. You know, like what happens when you get stuck and you can't move forward? You got to wait till you. That is frightening as all hell. Yeah, that is frightening as all hell. A kid had a a pocket knife, and that way that that's, that's awesome. why we're not talking about a horror story. I feel like the person from McDonald's would have been like, uh, maybe someone should call 911. Maybe someone should call Chick-fil-A. Yeah. <laughs> call Chick-fil-A and Chick-fil-A. get someone out here to take care when of When I this. finish using my phone to text my um, whoever, I will. Well, you would text 911. You would text? Can you, no, I'm no. saying. You no, I would not. Right? I would not. I'm saying the person. Mc, I'm making fun oh. of the person at McDonald's. No. It would have been, I got to get my supervisor. Yeah. That's what would have happened. Yeah. <laughs> That's how high pitched. Yeah. I gotta get my supervisor. Oh, all of a sudden, everybody's a prepubescent teen. <laughs> McDonald's is gonna at us and like send us a cease and desist on this podcast. Well, a self, one, one a can self, help. A self serve yeah. kiosk can't help you in that situation. Find April D. Gregory on Twitter, April D. Gregory, and the podcast that she does, Smart Girl Politics, over at ricochet.com. Fingers Malloy Radio on Facebook, Wham Talk 1600. They're in uh, Michigan and the Snark Factor and the Enough Already podcast. And find me, Tony Katz Radio, on Facebook, Instagram, Tony Katz, Parlor Tony Katz, Twitter Tony Katz. Where else am I? No Where way. else am By the way, I don't know what's going to happen with the parlor thing. Would you quit I'm, talking about parlor I'm, every, I'm every single week? You say that, and that's fine. Just say it, but I'm don't keep going it. into a big discussion. I want to know if it's going to be a thing. I want to know. We're wasting when precious airtime about parlor. It's a thing that's never going to happen. Not paying it's for like it. It's like fetch. Is it like fetch? It's never going to happen. I want to see if people for the rest start of my changing. life. I'm going to tell you that if uh, Google couldn't make a, a uh, Google Plus. Social social media network work nobody else is going to be able to so therefore the only things i have left are twitter facebook and instagram yes sorry what about tiktok that's uh, tiktok well if you if you could uh dance to old town road you too can be on tiktok tiktok you don't stop we knock boots till six o'clock that's not that's not what tiktok Uh, that's not what it is fanimation.com for your ceiling fans be sure to check them out blend bar cigar indianapolis indiana blend bar cigar dot com and of course of course, five stars and a review at Apple Podcasts. Do it right away, right now. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. <laughs>